Aloha, I'm Ash. Aloha, I'm Matt, and we are the Yoga Couple. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Work Podcast. Today, we're just going to have a conversation, Matt and I, about what it's been like to be living the inner work because I think this is a concept that everybody could kind of wrap their head around. You know, like, are you looking at yourself? Are you are you doing your inner work? Are you becoming more self-aware? But what I don't think we've ever successfully communicated is the fact that we are inner work obsessed and <laughs> we live this you know, concept of inner reflection and mm, daily, d- like day in, day out. And it really dictates our entire lives in our relationship and our schedule and our workflow. And mm. it's really interesting and fascinating. And I, I, I just want to share it with you guys and let you guys in a little bit more. Yeah. I don't think we've ever actually, um, pointed out what a day to day inner work life is like for us. Um, you know, we've kind of mentioned in the in the past our backgrounds and how we each as individuals became really into it. And I think as a couple, though, it has just been fascinating. I think the best way to kind of lead into this is to maybe point out how just kind of remember and recap how we met and um, how conscious of a choice and coupling that was. And my initial questions for Ashley, because I, being the psychology nerd I was, was like studying relationships and why do relationships fail and why the divorce rate's so high and what are the most common problems and how do I, how do I intelligently choose a companion who I think will be able to overcome those problems with me? Like all this like super nerdy, like scientific approach to a, a conscious couple. And so some of the first questions Ashley and I would get into would be like, literally what's what do you think the purpose of life is like what what do you think we're doing here because if we don't agree on some of these huge concepts and what's our day-to-day going to look like so we've kind of already told those stories before like how peculiar and weird it was for us to get together and, and how we took a very different approach to entering into this relationship and, and then moving in right away together. Yeah, so Matt and I had only spent a handful, literally a handful of days together in yeah, real life. Yeah, I think life. four or five maybe. Yeah. I think it was about five days of actual physical, like shared, everything else was like writing each other. Online. Yeah, and, and we were in different places. I was in Northern California, she was in Vegas, and um, that we just knew though, we just knew. Yeah, and so when you moved in mm-hmm. to Vegas... Mm-hmm we we hadn't really had like that honeymoon phase or like dates or we we had only spent yeah. a handful of we, days and, together and then and then got a house got a you know got a house got uh, i got a new job we got like all this whole new life thrown in us then we started um soon after that launching a, a new business ashley was opening a yoga studio i mean it was it was right away hit the ground running and i feel like we were thrown into the fire because Usually when you start dating somebody, you've got like months or even years of you Mm. not living together where you kind of get to fill each other's idiosyncrasies out. You You know, like when you, when you go to the bathroom, do you change the toilet paper roll type of thing? Like, (laughs) how do you change it? Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, do you leave dirty dishes in the sink or do you like put them away right away? Um, just like those little nuances that like you gradually learn about each other. We didn't have that opportunity to kind of gradually learn things about each other or just like what it's like to go out in public together and go on a date mm, and like date, go to dinner. Yeah. We, we had only spent, let's just say, four or five days together in real life. Mm. And so we move into the same house in the same state finally and we're learning all of this, navigating our relationship. But the number one commitment that we had was that we were both committed to doing inner work and that yeah. the relationship itself was going to be a mirror for us to overcome all of our triggers. Mm. And I think that's a really interesting take to take on relationship because usually you go into a relationship and it's like, well, why do you want to be in a relationship? Well, I want to be in love. I want to be happy. They're really cute. It's really fun. They make me feel good. You have this like whole dream about what it's like to be in romance. And for me and you, it was like, well, I want to become transcendent of all of my triggers and irritations. And I think using relationship 
will be the best way for me to overcome all of my personal obstacles. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think between my yoga and psychology obsession and then your yoga, you know, viewpoint, I think both of us really looked at relationship as the ultimate vehicle of enlightenment. You know, the ultimate vehicle of personal development is to use your relationship to look at what blockages you have to reaching higher states of love and self-acceptance and really transcending suffering, you know, like using the relationship as a transcendence because uh, relationships provide us with the ultimate triggers. Yeah, and I feel like I do want all of those things. I want to be in love. I want to have fun, but I feel like ultimately to be able to be in that state that I know I'm capable of being in, being in love, being free, being happy, totally grateful for your partner, totally in love with your partner, you can't get there unless you do your inner work and overcome Mm -hmm. your own issues, your insecurity, your fear, your doubt, your triggers, your greed, your anger, your selfishness, all those things that come up in relationship. Pride. Pride. They're the Mm -hmm. obstacles preventing us from the true freedom and true happiness we wish to actually experience. And I think this is something that's just not talked about like in mainstream media because all we see is like, this superficial love story of... That's supposed to fix the problem Yeah, and it's like, what what does it really take to have this romance? I think the world's ready for it. I think our generation, like this millennial generation especially, is kind of burnt out on the happily ever after story. Totally. I think, I think, and, and obviously generations younger than us especially are like, yeah, we, we get it. It's, that's not real. Like this whole concept of thinking you're going to find someone that just magically fixes all your problems is I think, I think the world's ready to find out that that's not reality and that's not what makes a perfect relationship or a true loving relationship. It's actually this whole other side of inner maturity and incredible wisdom that the two people have to foster together and consciously agree yes, to and it, and entering into yes and it takes like effort and work and and it's not something that you just find okay or so get. fast forward right like we we know that this is what we want we're like totally aware of this we've read all the books like we get it we we understand what our souls incarnation in this lifetime is here to do Mm. it's here to realize true freedom and lasting happiness we're going to use relationship to do this we finally found a significant other or a partner who like gets this concept of you got to do your own inner work or else this isn't going to work. Nothing's going to work. Honestly. Like, I think that's kind of what we both agreed to. You're not going to make all the money and be happy. You're not going to get a, mm-hmm. an awesome career and be you're happy. Not, yeah. The sex is not going to all of a sudden make you happy. Right. Yeah. Having, you know. Having the kids in the white picket fence is not going to make you happy. Like, getting to buy the house, the car. Yeah. Or just having a, like the ideal partner that you jumped yeah. up in your head. We get it. So we're like, okay, you get that. I get that. We okay. both know that. So do you want to consciously enter this relationship to like do our inner work? And we both were like, yeah, like let's do it. I've never met another person who gets this concept. And is willing. And is willing. So we entered this relationship willingly to do this. <laughs> Reading the books though and like doing the thing, totally different. <laughs> and I think doing your inner work alone and doing it as a couple is also super different. So like, it wasn't like we had just read Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra and uh, Ram Dass. And we were like, yeah, like we get it. We read all the books. We were, we were actively doing this on our own personally. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I think by doing it together though, that was a different, that was. Yeah. So we felt confident. We were like, Hey, I do my inner work. Like I'm ready. But then we entered the relationship and it was like, whoa, next level and what it brought up for us and what it still brings us up for us every day is that it's like that duality concept like you can't know light without the darkness type of thing it's it's that we trigger each other we're able to see what's inside of ourselves Mm. like you need the mirror we need the mirror and we squeeze each other in such a way that we figure out what's inside of us yeah and i think in a past episode you know we've kind of mentioned how 
Um, I, I know for myself that when I'm alone, I can rationalize that there isn't a problem. <laughs> you know, like I can rationalize that uh, I don't need to look at something. But when you have a partner who is consciously interacting with you in this way where you're holding each other accountable, suddenly it changes things because that person's is holding up the mirror firmly and being like, well, no, you, you literally are like triggered right now. You, you're not at peace. Whereas before I could be like, I'm totally at peace and like, you're the be, problem. and be That's completely problem. reckless while saying that I'm totally at peace while I bash it through all my obstacles and cause problems and hurt people. And, and you know, and, and in my mind, I feel completely justified. Well, I think it's like, and a good example is like getting really irritated or angry yeah, and then rationalizing in your head yeah, that it's the, perfectly justified. The reason that you're angry is because of what everyone else is doing. So you're totally justified in mm. your anger instead of being like, whoa, like, but I'm the one who has anger in me. Totally. And entering this relationship, I think one of the first instances, it's so stupid too. One of the first instances that we started doing this work, it was like pretty much day one, we moved in together and I spilled a cup or dropped yeah, a cup in the I kitchen. I realized that Ashley had a lot of clumsy tendencies. I spilled or dropped something. <laughs> and, and that triggered so much of my like childhood shame that I just was like, what the, what are you doing? Yeah. Your first, the first thing you said to me was what the heck, what are you yeah. doing? And <laughs> I had never had oh anyone say gosh. that to me before. Like usually mm. if I would drop or spill something in my upbringing, I would just, they would just be like, you could never be wrong. Yeah. It was are, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you first? It was, are you okay? Mm. And then if you're okay, then we'll address the situation. But like, first yeah. thing is just check on the person like, yeah. Oh, are you okay? Yeah. And you were like, what the heck are you doing? Why'd yeah. you spill that? And I was like, Whoa. Yeah. Mine was, mine was like, you're stupid. You shouldn't have done that. And so there you have, for example, the most interesting trigger right away for us. We were like, Whoa, like this is really interesting. Because when you're in a relationship, it provides you opportunities to see stuff like this. See, my whole life, I had gone thinking, just gone on thinking that that was normal because that's how I was raised. And then lo and behold, Ashley's like, whoa, that's like really not loving. You're actually projecting a ton of shame onto me and making me feel wrong yeah, and bad. Yeah, I didn't bad. feel good. I made an accident and I didn't feel good. Yeah, she had, yeah. And, and when I made an accident or someone had an accident in our family, it was like very, you're stupid. It was very like shameful thing. And so, I mean, right then and there, how hilarious that such a like simple, silly thing triggered such a massive revelation of, whoa, like there's a, I have a whole side of myself that I didn't even know was an issue because I just literally never looked at it before. So not having the commitment to doing inner work, this is something you would just totally overlook, not even address. You would just be like, oh, whatever, you know, like I just dropped the thing, you know, and you would just move on and maybe yeah. figure out each other. But like we're committed to doing inner work. So, so what it looks like to do inner work for us is. <laughs> that turns into a that turns huge into conversation. A, a lifelong discussion that lasts five years. So. <laughs> So our, if you do it in one aspect of your life, like let's say you have a trigger, this trigger is probably a microcosm to a macrocosm. So it's like, well, where else mm -hmm. do you feel embarrassed or project shame or um, have impatience or whatever the thing is? Mm -hmm. So then we're like, oh, shoot. Was this a one-time thing? No, probably not. Turns out it's a massive tree and that was just one leaf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we have to explore whoa what is, where else is this popping up and sure enough uh you know again we don't want to take too much time on this particular topic but we've talked about it before you know my journey of shame and how how interesting that got projected onto me and how much of in our relationship it came out um in silly ways like me being embarrassed to take photos you know like as we started to like move into instagram i would get embarrassed in public sometimes to like be doing yoga and taking photos and we'd have to stop and talk about that or if ashley spilled something i'd be like why why'd you do that you know there's so many things where this came up and the funny thing about this style of a relationship is everything kind of stops <laughs> Because then it's like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 let's let's come into this moment right now. What's happening? Yeah. So what we do, this practice, and this is what this episode is about, is 
what's it like to live the inner work? Mm. And for us, it's to the whole purpose of life experience and relationship for us is to continue to wake up and consciously choose our perspective and our experience. And whenever we're not consciously choosing peace Mm. and love, we're like, whoa, that's coming from the unconscious. Like you don't, we're not even aware. We're not even aware that we're doing it. Like it's an autopilot response. And whenever there's an autopilot response, that's not from love and peace. We, we want to get rid of it. We're like, we don't want to carry this shit around, basically. Like, who wants to feel aggravated and and irritated and anger? Or who wants to feel embarrassed or ashamed? Who wants to feel afraid? And the world says, to get rid of those things, oh, I just need to change the person. Yeah. Or I need to change the circumstance. So I think that's an interesting thing that, you know, for Ash and I, we both kind of tried that already. And that's why we got to this point where we knew, okay, it's not the person that needs to change. It's not the thing. It's not the job. It's not the external situation. This is just going to keep coming up. And I think this is really important to kind of point out to you guys is you might be thinking, well, I don't know about that because our mind will rationalize and be like, well, this should change. My wife or my husband shouldn't do this or that. And it's kind of a tricky slippery slope there because if we start to project that the problem is outside of us and that everyone else needs to change in order for us to be happy and at peace, then we find ourselves in a a perpetually powerless state. Mm. And you will always find that something can steal your power. I'm going to just say it outright to you right now. Something else will inevitably go against what you want and you will feel powerless externally projecting our happiness and our satisfaction and our peace will always lead to an issue. It will always lead to a powerlessness. So for us, that's why the smallest things are significant to talk about. Because what it really means is it's a giving away of our power. It's a giving away of our peace. So even the silliest things like Ashley spilling a glass, if that's causing a frustration, then whoa, we need to talk about that. Because what happens when it's a big thing? Right, especially if it's a small thing. Because if it's a small thing and you're getting Mm -hmm. aggravated, exactly, then it just just means what's going to happen when it's an actual issue. If it's coming out in these small little nuances, that's the thing too is every moment is the only moment there is, right? So it doesn't matter how big or small. The point is, is like, are we choosing peace and love in every Mm -hmm. new moment? Mm -hmm. And if not, why? Why? And why don't we have the ability? This is where it gets curious is because we don't realize we have a choice. We -hmm. just think everything's happening to us and that's just what's happening. Like you, you pissed me off. You did this, you did that. And we don't realize like we have a choice on every moment. So doing the inner work is to be like, whoa, hey, I'm not choosing peace in this moment. I'm not choosing love in this moment. And that is something really radical to be committed to becoming aware of. Mm-hmm. And it's really radical to be in a relationship where we're both doing that together. And it's been interesting navigating it. And we'll admit right now that at first we weren't very um, graceful with it. And I can say that we both spiritually bypassed for, you know, probably several, the first several years because we didn't really understand how to be loving, loving and compassionate and patient and realize that if you're going through, your partner's going through something, there's your, there's work for you to be done in that situation. Sometimes we'd be like, whoa, that's yours. Like Mm, you're, if you're angry, that's your problem. Like, because the inner work yeah, you, is don't, this, you don't want to bypass that as the partner who's triggering, you do you are playing a part. You're playing a part and it's it's something to go through together and to be mm. it's we want to be on the same team. We want to love each other. And one of the things that's really helped me through this process is to be like, I don't want Matthew to suffer, and I know he doesn't want me to suffer. And if he's not choosing peace, like I feel like, damn, like I love you so much. I want you to feel good. And so I want to be right there with you to help you walk through whatever it is that's stealing your joy. And Mm. before I really understood there wasn't, when there was a lack of love in the inner work, it was like, well, that's your problem. Yeah. Why aren't you at peace? Why aren't you at peace? It almost created 
it, it creates a sense of like, oh, you're not doing your work. Yeah. So let's just like X that out right now because... Mm. Don't do that, guys. Let's not do that. Like <laughs> if we could have skipped that part, that would have been great. Mm. So the the root and the core and the heart of the inner work is love. Love, compassion, and peace. Absolutely. Like, For the person going through it and the and the partner who's helping and witnessing yeah, the partner going through it. Yeah, is to be loving the whole time. It's to be loving so. and to not take it personal. Because that, I think, was something that took time to understand that it wasn't personal. So one of the things we do and how this plays out in everyday life is that whenever we're not choosing peace, right, we're obviously, like, keenly aware of that. It's very obvious. Like, if the energy shifts in the room, if one of us says something in a tone that's just, like, (laughs) not loving. It's gotten to the point where if I speak in a slightly different tone in my voice, Ashley's like, "Mm, What's wrong? That didn't didn't feel true. (laughs) So So it, it will refine itself over time. You start to become much more aware of the subtle shifts in your partner. And you can tell when their energy is not at peace and then and you start to be like, hey, uh, let's reconnect because I can tell something's off, which then opens the door for the for the healing. And more importantly, you start to become more aware of when your own energy shifts, mm. which is the real goal is to become more self-aware where, you know, we don't constantly need to point it out to each other. We're catching ourselves. And it's mm-hmm. really cool because you have that one line in the book that I just posted on Instagram that when you catch the mind red-handed trying to project its issues outside of itself, it's an achievement of epic proportion. And that's because when you can become so self-aware that you witness yourself in the moment projecting Mm -hmm. your issues onto a situation or another person, you're like, whoa, I'm doing it right now. Mm -hmm. Like, that is an achievement of epic proportion. Oh, it's huge. Freaking, that's like, you're self-aware. Yeah, and you're taking your power back in that moment. So, I mean, it's not to be underestimated. It's so amazing. Every time we reclaim the fact that we're projecting, every time we reclaim our power and see the mind doing what it does then it is a huge achievement. And, and when it comes to relationship, that's what's going to save your relationship. Totally. Because otherwise you're going to project onto the relationship as the problem. Yeah, you're going to be like, they do this, that, 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 right? One of the things that we are also doing when we do this inner work is we never focus on the surface level the situation. Thing. Yeah, the thing. So the inner work, the commitment, and this is how we live it day in and day out, is when we're not at peace, a trigger comes up, the process is, we're like, what's this really about? Mm. Like, that's the question. What's this really about? Exactly. And so to use this, the, the funny cup, you know, the spilling example is like, okay, it's obviously not about spilling something. It's why was that your reaction? Why did that piss you off so much? Why did that irk you so much? That's the real question. And then it dives deeper into like, hmm, I guess I just, I'm embarrassed that my partner would like do that. Okay, well, why do you think that? It's like, well, because I'm embarrassed. Okay, well, why are you embarrassed? Okay, well, because when I made a mistake, I guess I got embarrassed because I was, you know, my mom or my dad would make me feel embarrassed by being like, you stupid, what are you doing? You should have known better. And then Oh, now we're getting somewhere. So you are still carrying shame that someone else gave to you from your childhood. And then we get the opportunity and that moment. And then it's like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, Do you want to keep huge it? Huge eye-opening realization, right? Because a simple little thing like spilling something has now turned into like this existential like massive life revelation of like whoa I'm carrying deep-seated hidden shame inside you know or whatever your thing is maybe it's jealousy or maybe it's greed maybe it's pride maybe you know whatever this seed of uh unlove is every little thing can be a revelation for it. It does not have to be huge things. And Ashley and I obviously have our fair share of massive things we've gone through. And we want to share with you the little things though, because everyone can relate to the little things. You know, like obviously, yeah, we lost our home in the lava or like our businesses. Like there was huge stuff we had to go through and big triggers. But what about all these little things that every single one of us in every relationship can relate to? These small little things that irk us tend to be about something no it's not even tend to they are about something much bigger okay so i'm gonna go into a really vulnerable one and just to wrap up what you just said Mm. the the opportunity that you get when you become aware of that massive 
root system of this trigger Mm -hmm. is do you want to keep it? Because on the surface level, if you argue about the surface level issue, well, why did you spill the cup? You know, then. Yeah. And I feel like I used to say that. I'd be like, well, I feel like you should be more conscientious of, you know, like that was me trying to rationalize the surface issue. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll try to be more aware. But like at the end of the day, I mean, it was an accident. I didn't mean to do it. So if you only talk about the surface level, you will keep Mm your root belief you will keep your root program that you are unaware of because you're rationalizing the current level situation and you're just putting a band-aid on it yeah so when you become self-aware of the root and you're like well why was that my auto response Mm. and you trace it back to a root program now you get the new opportunity to be like and do i want to keep this program do i want to be embarrassed keep feeling this no and then you get a you get to start working on it and then you get to start seeing all the little triggers throughout your day that come back to that same root system and they're Mm -hmm. all connected and you're like oh crap i'm doing it here and here and i'm doing Mm -hmm. it here and you realize it's it's totally a tree it has it's gonna have multiple other places where it comes out right so a really interesting one to get really vulnerable within our relationship is uh and i think a lot of women and men can can relate to this one of jealousy and like like a wandering eye type mm. situation and that one's a really hard one to talk about because the immediate response if one of the partners has a wandering eye is to be like attacking oh and like goodness. why are you looking at her or why are you looking at him or yeah, like why are you talking to him yeah. right 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 to get that jealousy component mm-hmm. and which i don't feel like we really had but there was an element of a wandering eye situation and what we what we would do is we would just talk about it super clinically instead of taking it so personally mm. i like this example you're bringing up because this i think is the hardest thing for couples to talk about and i think that given widespread use of pornography i think that this is something we i'm glad you brought this up yeah because we you know in one of our other podcasts we've discussed pornography and my healing process of it and also how much it screwed up things totally and so i think it's it's important for us to kind of dive back into that for a minute and be like most of you probably are dealing with side effects of this and it needs to probably don't even know and probably don't even realize it and and so I think this is, I'm, I'm excited. I'm just affirming what you're saying. Keep going. Yeah. Like, so great. it's okay to be pretty transparent. Yeah. About this. Tear it up. This is great. Let's so do it. So what I noticed, like right when, you know, I entered this relationship with you was that I knew you loved me. I knew you wanted to be with me, but I also could feel that there was like this curiosity about every single person around you that was like mildly attractive. Like, are they looking at you? Are they interested Mm. in you? Are you interested in them? It's like a passing by stranger. And I can relate to this feeling, you know, when I was single, just being like, is that the one? Are they the one? Mm. Is this person the one? Yeah. I think, I think the human ego is always calculating like, Oh, is this going to be better? Is that person going to maybe be better? Or is this person going to be even better to be with? I think that's what, the human mind is like kind of trying to do so that's seeking outside of common like thing that i think that happens like mm. especially if you've been together for a while and mm. i don't know like maybe these things start to happen so we just like talked about it super clinically about like the the hu- the human ego the mind the program instead of being like why are you doing this it was like are you even aware that your mind does this to you mm-hmm. like have you ever noticed that your mind seeks outside this present moment seeks outside this relationship and is like curious about pretty much every passerby and i think it's important to get it out in the open because your secrets what you hide uh is only gonna hurt you in the long run because by not talking about it you it's festering totally and I think it took us the first year or so to finally discuss it. It was actually our first episode of the podcast where we talked about how this staying hidden for the first like year or so of our relationship actually drove us to want to get a d- divorce. Well, I did. Yeah. Because this wandering eye concept got so strong and because the porn addiction was present, it made it, it can drive you to leave. But ironically us talking about it from then on 
changed everything. Yeah, and here's the thing with the porn, why it comes back is like, I don't like, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's like huge numbers of um, men in the United States over the age of 18 um, mm. periodically look at pornography. And what that does to the brain, they're like doing all this research on it, is that it it has the same effects as like heroin and you get such a massive dopamine release that you can become addicted to the to the hit of dopamine that your brain is getting yeah it's not even that you're addicted to the imagery or the masturbation or whatever else is accompanying it you're actually addicted to to the the chemicals getting released and when you're out in real life there's like this cognitive dissonance mm, between reality when you're seeing other attractive people you're getting little hits yeah and you think you're online clicking right you're like oh there's <laughs> yeah it's a trick i never put it that way yeah That's so anyways we so were true. able to make this connection and just talk about it from an inner work perspective and mm. this is what's really fascinating i think about our relationship is i was excited to go out in public with you and go to pl- like I beaches beaches I remember when we were in Vegas I was that like was do you want to go to the club yeah, Vegas like beaches, do you want to pools I all wanted the, like, you all the like challenging places to be yeah I wanted you to face it like yeah. I wanted you to watch yourself listen to her she's such a badass wife. yeah I was like <laughs> no I'm not even kidding there is literally like topless pools she's and like, stuff yeah, in Vegas she's like we're gonna feel this and I was just like do you want to go there because I wanted you to watch your mind yeah. I wanted you to pay attention to Mm -hmm. what you were doing because before that point it was so unaware of what it was doing and the Mm -hmm. only way to heal it is to become witness to it and I wanted you to be in those situations so that you could be like holy shit I didn't even realize I was doing this Mm -hmm. it's so fascinating that my brain is like so consumed with looking and being looked at and Mm -hmm. so addicted to this like why? Yeah, and why do I want why? it? Why? Yeah, it opened a huge door. I actually and... remember when you offered to take me to a strip club, and uh, <laughs> I just was like, ironically, when you offered, it also left. Because I was like, oh, I guess I don't really need to do that. And it's ironic that the moment you surrendered and actually offered it is actually the same time I was like, oh, I don't need it. And I wasn't offering it in a way of like this, like, oh, we, you know, I'm going to support you in this. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that way. No, no, no. You offered it as in let's go look at it. And I think, I think ironically things like that, I I just was like, I definitely get it. We don't even have to go there. Yeah. I already understand where this is going to lead. The point I wanted you to become aware of is that you were unable to be present Mm. in your life experience with me because you were so distracted by fantasies of the not present mind like oh what about that what about this are they looking at me am I looking at them and like just this seeking outside of what was present which ultimately leads to suffering because all the joy and happiness that we wish to experience can only be experienced right here right now with what's right in front of us and I would feel like you were distracted in our life right and I totally was and I was always trying to get away at that point in our relationship yeah so this is this is something that's really interesting because uh whether it's of a sexual nature or this like a porn or wandering eye type of thing. It could also be other things though, because the whole concept is that the mind is projecting the happiness outside the relationship. So it could also be, um, career driven. Like I think Ash is a big thing with her big thing is like career driven or maybe trying to, to get somewhere or we're trying to live somewhere or we're trying to have a certain amount of income. And when we are have a wandering eye just in general and we're trying to project that the relationship or we need to be somewhere else, then we're inevitably not going to be at peace and happy with the process. Totally. You know, and the process is to see the triggers as they arise, identify the core belief that they're stemming from, ask if you want it to stay, and then replace it with the truth. The truth of what you do want. So when it came to pornography or when it came to like the physical wandering eye, because I think that's a huge one that needs to get discussed, is the question really came down to, well, do you want to be enslaved? Yeah. And and I just called myself out and I was like, damn, I'm freaking enslaved. Yeah, because you because had Because I no- cannot be at peace. I could not, to be clear with my language, I could not be at 
peace in those settings because my mind was projecting outside. Right? And you couldn't make it stop. And I couldn't make it stop. And the only thing I could do, kind of like they would say in like, in a, you know, the anonymous groups is like, you got to surrender and be like, holy crap, I have no control over this. Lord, help me. And in my version of that, it was to come to you and tell you, whoa, I am tripping out. I'm having a craving. It was kind of like you were like my sponsor in terms of like an anonymous style, you know, like you can use your partner as your awareness sponsor, you know, for whatever your particular thing is. And if you both develop the ability to handle communication of the human you know, desires and the human attachments, then you can take your relationship to a level of, of connection and vulnerability and depth that is what we all actually dreamt of and what we all originally believed was possible. We just didn't realize the discomfort that it was going to take to get there because these are not comfortable conversations. No. I mean, that's why I'm saying Ashley's a badass because she faced one of the hardest conversations I think any woman would have to face is like me over here being very like objective and clinical with her and being like, Hey, so my mind is doing this. Um, it wants to go look at porn or it's wanting to go be with these other women. And I'm just going to tell you that. And I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying what's coming up. And then her having to be like, you know, sit back with that and be like, okay, like that's coming up. He's telling me that it's not, he's not believing it, but he is having those thoughts. And, you know, her initial, in the beginning, it was a little more rough and it might be like, well, why are you even, why is that even coming up? And I'm like, I can't control it. I can't help it, you know? And, and that's with everything you guys, like, there's always going to be something your partner is going to be like, oh my gosh, like I can't help it. Yeah. I need help. And then you, then as you uproot it, it starts to go away but you have to face the discomfort first you eventually can have control over it but exactly. in the beginning in the, the beginning f- when it's unaware the first step is to become aware of it mm-hmm. and that awareness is the only control you have in the beginning it's to become the watcher of it right. and before you were i would say submitting to it or being obedient to it and so the question is are you obedient to your anger are you obedient to your lust? Are you obedient to your pride, impatience, judgment, entitlement, entitlement, greed, greed whatever it is? It's like we don't Shame we think regret. we think we're like so empowered, right? But we're actually super obedient to our unconscious programs. Mm. We're not consciously choosing that. Mm-hmm. We're just being obedient to the ego and doing the inner work is like this next level of human consciousness because I see the day as this becomes more and more mainstream where there are more people on the planet than not that have inner awareness and are choosing their experience in every new moment and mm-hmm. have the ability to consciously pick new. Right. They're no longer obedient to an unconscious program. That is right. freaking... That's yeah. the next level what would, of... Yeah, what would humanity look like? I mean, if everyone was consciously... If a critical mass of people were we're consciously choosing peace and love over the base animal emotions, suddenly this world, this humanity would be transformed into the paradise we always and it know, takes every believed person. was possible. But it has to be on an individual basis. So the issue is, is that no government, no regulation, no law, nothing passed or any of this, none of that is going to change any of it. It's not a, it's not a mass fix it is an individual decision and commitment to do the inner work and it really is like a movement it is a self-empowering movement of the individual in which every individual does their own inner work within their relationships uh, within their work relationships within every human interaction they have am i creating fostering supporting and bringing peace and love to this situation I am the peace and love. Am I being the peace and love in this situation? Not, am I going to get peace and love from this situation? Am I bringing peace and love to this situation? And it requires every individual to do that. And a lot of the reasons why we see the world and society having the issues that we have is because 
we are looking outside for that to come to us. We're looking for the government to fix it. We're looking for our partner to fix it. We're looking for our children to fix it. Our We're looking for our situation to change. to change. We're looking for a savior to come fix it. We're looking outside of ourselves for the solution. We have to create it from inside of ourselves. And it's really interesting because when you look at our metaverse, which is like, the universe in which we're exposed to, our media, our social media, our TV, our radio, everything that is a reflection of human consciousness, how it's been up until this point has been perpetuating a problem of unawareness. Mm. It's just keeping us living on a very superficial level of awareness where we are completely reactive and subservient to our situations and our circumstances, to other people, to everything that's happening to us. And what this has created is a world that is completely unaware of itself. And I think that one of the great things that's starting to happen right now is there are a lot of people who are not so happy with the social media movement or the media uh, yeah, social media movement, but I think that this is revolutionary because what better time than now when in 2020 it's predicted that over 90% of the world population will have internet access, what better time than now than to make inner work and consciousness go global because we have the tools and the resources to do it. So what would happen if we started to talk about these things on social media what would happen if people started to see inner work conversations like me and Matthew talking about a wandering eye instead of seeing a tv show where that's I'm like promoting the wandering eye that's promoting the wandering that's eye showing people hooking up <clears throat> and being unfaithful or just being like I don't know my boyfriend's cheating at me f yeah. him I'm gonna <laughs> you know whatever yeah. what if this became more normal where it was like we addressed our programs mm. and talked about well why did you choose anger in that moment yeah what if that became the new dialogue? why do you feel insecure why do you feel afraid and we started talking about what if the dialogue shifted. changed and shifted on mass media it would mm. change the world and the reason I'm just jumping to this is because this is the reason why we have this freaking podcast. That's why we do anything. That this we're is doing the reason why social media and and I think also this is a call to all the the people who are being mindful because I think as we've encountered with most people in the spiritual in yoga communities, there is a huge portion of people that are resistant to sharing to on sharing media. on social medias or just media in general and. I understand that the old paradigm of media has not been constructive, but to avoid it and to avert changing it is not helping anyone. We need to challenge You need the to standard. challenge it. We need to challenge it. So I, I guess I'm initiating you and motivating you right now to say, if you have an urge to start sharing more, then do it. Yeah. If you have an urge or a push or a drive to share more of your truth and to spread more love in your unique ways, if it's business, if it's just personal life, if it's whatever your thing is, it needs to shift. We, we need to get it out more and challenge the status quo. The current media system is, is used to keep us repressed in fears and in these lower frequencies until we step up to change it. Yeah, we standard. have to have the new standard. We have to be the change we want to see. We have to embody it ourselves as individuals. And look, guys, business is quite simple. You can't sell something if the consumer won't buy it. So if we stop supporting the negative influences and we only support the positive, then obviously media as a business will say, well, that doesn't sell anymore. Old paradigm doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Old, like not having inner work conversations doesn't work. We have to have that. Inner work has to be included. People want to be self-empowered. People want to know the truth. People want love and peace. So, you know, kind of as we push forward and continue on with this, we just want to share and inspire you perhaps in your own ways, in your own spheres of influence, because I think what's most important for me to get across to you is you are significant. Every single one of us is significant. No matter how small or big of an influence we think we have, every single one of us counts. And that's why we kind of said it earlier on is 
it's not a global, it's not like some big thing needs to change. It's not like the government or a new president or a new, you know, country's policies needs to change. That's not it, you guys. It's us. It's every single one of us. It's the mother and father. It's the child. It's like the normal day-to-day per. It doesn't have to be some, oh, big special thing. It's in our daily lives. It's in every day when you're impatient at the grocery store. Are you stopping and saying, wait a minute? Why? Just be chill. You're waiting a little bit longer in the checkout line. Why am I impatient? Um, Why am I getting mad at my cat who's scratching at the door? (laughs) And I need to just be chill and not be trying to shame a cat. This is a true story. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, why, why would I get mad at a child? Like what, what is going on? You know, like start to become aware of every little thing in daily life. Where are we giving it away? Because it is very significant. And, and we shift the world through every act of conscious choice. Yeah. And to become more curious about why we do the things we do and why we think the things we think instead of just believing them. So just staying curious is really the the inner work in itself is becoming curious. Like, why did I react that way? Why do I think that? Mm. And then having that awareness. And do I want that to stay? Do I want that to stay? And then being able to choose. And, and I just think that we are heading into an amazing opportunity because of the technology that we have access to to drastically change the consciousness of the entire planet through what we expose ourselves to. Mm. And I think that we all have a responsibility in that because we're all sharing. Mm. We're all sharing and we're, we're all... more connected than ever. We're more connected than ever. We're all a part of that meta metaverse of media. Mm-hmm. And we're all dictating the direction of humanity through... Every single one of us, you guys. You too. All of us are doing that. So do we want to focus more on, you know, being subservient to an unconscious program like anger, blame, desire? Or do we want to make goodness cool? Do we want to make it cool to choose goodness and show that... And normal that... Self-awareness, the ability to choose peace over anger is badass. The ability to be like, I was projecting my issues onto you and I'm aware of that now and I'm going to choose differently. That is badass. The ability Mm. to be like, this isn't about you. This is mine. I Mm. need to work on this. That's true courage. This is like amazing shit, you guys. Like, Like that needs to become normal and not like this underground or like seen as woo woo or like whatever no this needs to become the new standard for humanness (laughs) this is a human evolution how about so it's it's the next phase of human evolution is to reclaim our power as individuals and to remember that we have choice in every moment and not to be emotionally reactive to whatever propaganda those in in other positions of power give to us right it, we should not be easily you guys you cannot control an awakened person right do you understand you cannot control someone who is awake yeah we cannot so be controlled. you cannot be controlled you that is empowering which which i want to say is when we're talking about this it sounds like we're talking about politics but like let's just bring it back no, to everyday life just every day an awakened person cannot be controlled. So if somebody does something that you used to judge or not like, Mm -hmm. it no longer has the power to steal your peace. Mm -hmm. Nobody can piss you off. Nobody can make you irritated. Nobody can make you jealous. Nobody can make you insecure. And you'll know that you have officially uprooted it when the trigger happens and you have no... Reaction. Reaction inside. Uh, to, to wrap up that cat example, <laughs> I had to work through a lot with the this new cat we got. And I'm allergic and it, having a cat's new to me. And it like was doing all this weird things that, that was like pissing me off. And I just had to keep looking at it and be like, why am I getting mad at this cat? This took a while. It was like the last month or so. And then finally the cat threw up on my nightstand and normally that would have pissed me off but I just started laughing instead and I was like ah oh, okay cool I've officially like healed this because that normally would have 
like destroyed me. So in the same way, like next time you're in, you know, you're impatient, be like, okay, let's work on this. And then see next time you're stuck in traffic or next time your kid does something that is not happy for you or like, you know, is not what you wanted. Can you get to a point where that stops irking you? Mm -hmm. Can you, can we get to a point where that doesn't trigger us anymore and we stay at peace amongst it? And that's when you know you are making massive epic proportional progress and I just want to say like let's not beat ourselves up along the way because it totally takes time we're not transcendent we Mm. still have triggers but the the real thing here is to become aware of them and just every day that little awareness that you have is is something to celebrate it's monumental and just the fact that we're aware of our programs is that is an achievement of epic Epic proportion. proportion exactly and just become aware. And I think that as you embark on your own inner work journey, especially in a relationship, um, I think it's a good thing to, at the end of the day or throughout the day, at some point each day, commend each other for being aware. Yeah. If something comes up, even if it is like, dang, I got totally triggered today, but you know what? I noticed it. So I'm really proud of that. And then your partner can be like, affirm that and be like, yes, I am totally proud that you, you, you caught yourself and didn't stay stuck in that. Yeah. So the real thing for us, I guess, is like our whole point here is that we're living this stuff and it has drastically empowered Mm. our lives. Mm. And we strongly know in the depths of our soul that the inner work and that self-awareness, inner awareness is the next level of human evolution. It is where the world is heading. We are leading the way with you on the new standard for what we accept, you know, mm-hmm. for human interaction, like, yeah. like being coming self-aware and taking accountability for our inner world is the next level of where, where the world is heading. Like that is mm-hmm. where we are heading and we are together with you being pioneers in that movement by doing our own inner work every single day. Mm-hmm. And by consciously surrounding ourselves with the types of influences that are promoting that, consciously choosing the the businesses, the people, the media, the the music, the artists, the the speakers, like the people who are going in that direction by aligning ourselves with that, like we're 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 telling the world what we want. Yeah. Yes, and the world will piece. respond to that. All right, guys. Well, We love you so much. Continue to choose goodness, change your life, uplift, and inspire change around you by being it. Yeah, be the change. And by looking within and not projecting it outside. And if you're in a relationship and that is merging into being a conscious relationship or you're wanting to start a conscious relationship, we applaud you and say yes like yes go for it use it as the greatest opportunity to heal and to bring peace and joy into your life as something that is within you and not something that's outside of you and good luck on your journey and we love you so much and love to answer any of your questions if you can if you haven't found us already there's a facebook inner work group as well as you can write us on Instagram at The Yoga Couple. And we would love to help you along in this journey. And until then, we'll see you in two weeks. Namaste. Namaste.